Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things. Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. I'm the associate pastor here. My name is Jason Smith, and my role is to help you to die well. Some of you laughed, and I did too, but I also cried. And so in many ways, I hope that it's my role to help you know how to live. The scripture today comes from the second reading for All Saints Sunday, and I just love it. I feel like I get to be Paul today. I get to tell you, thank you, and I love you. And I get to tell you all about Jesus. And I get to tell you a little bit about what we've celebrated today with All Saints Day. We're going to look over some of my favorite parts in a little bit. But I just want to remind you that Christ is risen. Christ has conquered death. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? There is no sting of death because Jesus has conquered all. The resurrection changed everything. The old has gone. The new has come. Death has no victory. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ that's seen in Christ Jesus. And God in Christ is reconciling the world to himself. That's the story that I tell in every funeral that I've done as I've worn not this suit, but a black suit. My suits have been myriad through the years of all different sizes. Church, you've watched me wear the black suit from up here. My first black suit was bought by J.R. Emmerich because he knew that this young pastor at 22 years old didn't own a black suit. So he saddled up to me right back here with a Dillard's gift card, and he said, young man, go buy yourself a black suit. In 2003, 20 years ago, I was placed in charge of the presentation for All Sunday when I was the Minister of Pastoral Care under the care and guidance of Dr. Steve Green. Mike Platter, our associate pastor at the time, gave me the ability to go ahead and take over that part of the church year. And so, somehow, I was able to find all 20 of those PowerPoint presentations. Somehow, Katie says, I have not thrown anything away in the 20-some years we've been married. So as we look through some of these pictures, about 81 different people we're going to remember over the next little bit. It's an extended name of names on this holy day. Our church does not just mean that it's been here for around the 20 years that I have been doing this. It has been here for 110 years. And the faithful disciples that take part in this congregation of Oklahoma City First Church of the Nazarene since May of 1910 are part of your story. We are not just happen to be a church on Northwest Expressway pastored by John Middendorf. We are a church that started, oh, I can't get into that. The sermon will be too long, Ken. I can't get into the history yet. But the history is vast, it is great, and the history is there because we are the church, the body of Christ. And there have been people that you exist here in this building because of those who've gone before us. They have passed on that baton to you. And so this is somewhat of an extending of a naming of names. If you're new here or you're watching online and you won't recognize these faces, I want you to continue to just challenge you to to think about those people who've gone before you. Picture their names, picture their faces, picture your great cloud of witnesses that point you to Jesus. 
And so it's not gonna be a long time for each slide. But as we remember those this year in 2022, we also take time to remember those who've gone before us in the past. We are grateful for the witness. Continue to remember. We are grateful for their witness and we continue to remember. We are grateful for their faithfulness and we continue to remember. We are grateful for their faithfulness and we continue to remember. We are grateful for the witness and we continue to remember. We are grateful for their witness and we continue to remember. Thanks be to God. A hard part about showing 81 faces is that that for me is more than 81 stories. Those who've lived their life well and passed along their faith to us. These are our saints. <laughs> and as I told my wife last night, I've got a really long sermon here. <laughs> And I'll send it to my fellow 2002 graduates with a theology and ministry degree who are here for our 20th year class reunion. I'll send you my script if you'd like it. Dr. Green, if you'd like my script as well, I can send it to you over email later today. But as I walked my dog late, late last night, I think I've got the bones of a sermon. But can I just tell you that I love you? And can I just share my heart this morning? Somewhat off the cuff, my apologies early to Chris and our media team, who sometimes I don't know if the PowerPoint will match up. But I think I perhaps have a sermon in my heart that follows along this. It's better than what I have if I were to read it aloud on this holy day. So let me tell you this. I love you. And I want you to look 
like Jesus Christ. I want you to follow after Jesus because there's a crazy percentage chance that someday I'll stand here and you'll be in an urn or a casket right there. I want you to be part of this church and I want you to learn to die well and so you know how to live. First off, like Paul in Ephesians, I want to say thank you. Thank you for the church that you are. Sometimes I think good Nazarenes, Pastor Steve, go to church to be beat up a little bit, (laughs) to be able to say do better. And yes, that's some of it. But church, you are such a wonderful church and I thank and praise God for you every time that I pray and I want to say that you are the great witness to your pastoral team. Pastor Steve taught me long ago, the people that you meet in your church will be so much more holy than you and your fellow pastors. They will teach you about holiness and what sanctification looks like. And so thank you for being the witness of the character of God as you walk with God and with one another. See, the picture of faith is so much bigger than the phrase, you'll be good as long as you don't do bad. I feel like some churches are just trying to do morality control of our young people. So if you guys just don't screw up, we get a get out of jail free card. And some of you've done that. Some of you come back to church because you're like, I gotta get these kids under control. And if I can make sure that these kids don't do the bad things, then I'll be okay. Yes, we want you to do good. But the project is so much bigger than that. The project of following Jesus is not just screwing up. The project of following Jesus is so much more than that. And in Ephesians 1, there's a prayer, and that's a prayer that I have for you, that Pastor John has for you, that our pastoral prayer has for you, that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's not a to-do list. The scripture, the God's gift to us, is not just a, a list of things to do and not do. It's a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We want you, as you walk through life, to be able to know how to live in a very complex world. We want you to be wise. The scripture isn't just read it and do it. There's so much more than that. The scripture is together with the church trying for us to figure out how in the world are we supposed to live. And church, we want you not just to not do bad things. We want you to be wise. We want you to to discern the world and its complex challenges and participate as you walk towards Christ's likeness, as you look like Jesus Christ. And there's that other word, revelation. Not the book that Pastor John preaches out of that we love so much when he opens up the book of Revelation, but that God would reveal God's self to you. And as God reveals God's self to you, you would discern what God looks like and then you would reveal God's loving, compassionate presence in the world. Wisdom and revelation. That's what we want from you from the church. And we don't get there just because we just work hard to try to do your best. (laughs) But our hope is that together we would become saints. And let me tell you this. This is the great hope of the sermon. That's not just you doing your best and working hard. That is the role of the spirit, the gift to the church. The role of us as pastors is not to get get you to do stuff. The role of us as pastors is to place you in front of the living God of the Holy Spirit and that the spirit would then work and move in your life. It might be today. 
It might be tomorrow. It might be next Sunday. That's why I just we need to keep you showing up. Because the spirit moves as she pleases, and we cannot control that spirit. You can't control the spirit. But the spirit might be talking to you right now. It might be next Sunday. It might be Advent. It might be Christmas Eve. But the spirit will speak to you. The spirit moves as the spirit pleases. And so our role and why we want you here is just so you can, with open hands, lift yourself to God and respond when the Spirit calls to you. You can't muster this up. You can't control the Spirit. The Spirit moves. And that's why we love the church. Because throughout Christian history, the Spirit has moved because of the historically extended, socially embodied, gathered group of believers who follow after the risen Christ and the ethical of what it means to follow after Jesus. And so we want you here because we believe that it is in this space that the Spirit can move in and out of your life, allowing you to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So later in the prayer, what does Paul say? Oh, when he talks about the victorious, gathered up body of Christ as the resurrect, those who follow the resurrected Lord, he explicitly says, and he has put all things under his feet and he has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You heard it correctly. The church, which is his body. Church. You are the body of Christ. You are not a charitable organization. You aren't just a group of fellow gatherers like a country club or a CrossFit gym. I love both of those things. But that's not who you are. You're so much bigger than that. You are the body of Christ. Christ has always had a body. And I'm not going to preach that sermon. I'm going to get back to it. Because you are the body of Christ. The local church is the hope for the world. You are the very embodiment of the character of Yahweh, which is revealed to us most clearly in Christ we see in the Gospels. God has given you the ability to carry around his character for the world. It was the plan of Jesus, the resurrected, ascended Jesus, who gives us the spirit of God at Pentecost to then go be the very body of Christ to the world. What was Jesus thinking? He's expecting you and us to be the very body of Christ for the world. And while that's a little bit terrifying, it's also exhilarating. Church, you are the body of Christ. And the body of Christ looks like Jesus. Pastor Steve has said from long ago, what does God look like? God looks like Jesus. And the church, the body of Christ, is supposed to look like Jesus too. Because we are the embodiment of the person of Jesus. You are, we are the body of Christ. We are the gathered sainthood of believers. Walking together towards Christ-likeness. Now, 
if the project is to become saints together, if the project is for us and for me to help you learn to die well, therefore to know how to live, some of you may say, I'm not sure I'm up for sainthood. Well, let me tell you something about Scripture. We're going through Scripture for those of you who are in, in disciple. And if you're in disciple, please raise your hands high. We're having such a good year together. Oh, my goodness. God has been so faithful as we tell the story of God together. I think some of you are going to be helping serve communion this morning. I'll say this. Abraham wasn't just old. I feel like Abraham was a continued screw-up. He did most everything wrong, and he gets all the credit. <laughs> Moses was a murderer. Da David, murderer, yes. At times, it seems the only person who had a decent holiness resume in all of Scripture was Jesus himself. Even his 12 followers were mostly losers and cowards when Jesus needed him the most. Maybe that's why Jesus knew we needed the church, because he knew we would need one another. That if we're going to become saints, we couldn't walk alone. Christ-likeness wasn't going to come without meaningful and forgiving relationships. We needed the Spirit and one another if we had any chance. Because I will tell you this, if anything that has taught me being a pastor for the last 21 years, it's this. Life is hard. I don't know anyone in my 20 years who've only had a plan A. There, everyone has seen curveballs on their journey of life. Most of us are on a plan B, but many of you are on a plan C, a plan D, or even a plan Z. I officiated a funeral this week. And as we gathered with the family and told stories for hours, there wasn't very many stories about God's faithfulness when everything went as planned. The stories that were told centered around the God that brought them through the chaos, that they needed the Spirit, and they needed one another. As I look out for some of you who mentioned names and the naming of names, there's some of those names that were gone way too early. That wasn't plan A for you and for your life. My wife went to a funeral this week with some loved ones. That wasn't plan A for that life and all the stories that surrounded that life. I did a funeral, went to a funeral a couple weeks ago that was officiated here by my friend Brandon Kirkpatrick. And that wasn't plan A or B. And as we sat at lunch, we talked about faith and life and God. Because life doesn't go as planned. And we need God. We need the Spirit. And we need one another. I've been spending some time lately with my friend Linda Weaver, and I want you to hear her story. For over 20 years, OKC First has taken the first Sunday of November to remember and recognize All Saints Day. It's a day that we take to remember that God is with us, that we remember those who have gone before us, and that God is walking alongside of us in the grief that all of us have experienced, whether it be this year or many years beyond. We'd love to know more about your story of grief and the ways in which we can walk alongside you. Hello. I lost my husband about two years ago on August 4th. 2020. The following months and even years 
were so difficult for me. I felt abandoned and alone and just felt like I couldn't go on. Each day was just the same thing. I got up and didn't know what to do with myself. I just went through the motions. The first six to nine months were just a blur. I did the things that had to be done, but time just passed. It passed slowly, daily, but eventually it had been a year, and I thought I should be better. I wasn't. The second year hit me harder than the first. I read about widows online through different widow groups, and I came to Calm Waters, which had been offered here at the church. It was through Calm Waters that I was able to begin moving forward. God has placed a burden on my heart to help Oklahoma City First Church walk with you in this journey. Sometimes it seems like Steve has only been gone for just a little while, and other times it seems like he's been gone for many years. I miss him so much. I've learned that grief lasts a long, long time, and some widows are never over their grief. I don't believe that we do get through grief, but that we can learn to walk beside it. Some of you will be like Linda, and you will carry your grief in your heart, and you will learn to walk alongside it as the Spirit of God, and he, the church walks alongside you too. I'm so grateful for Linda and for the vision and for the mission that God has placed upon her heart. I'm looking forward to the coming days when she wants to come along, specifically those in her ministry, for those who are widows to perhaps send you flowers on the anniversary of the loved one that you passed away and on your birthday, to remember you when you need to be remembered. And so, when life doesn't go the way that you plan, and you're on to plan B and plan C and plan Z, let's walk alongside together. Specifically, those of you who have experienced grief recently, there's going to be a grief support group from Calm Waters. Calm Waters is a wonderful organization that's right across the parking lot from us. And our good friend Jordan Park has helped establish a wonderful working relationship within them. And recently, as Linda has told us, that was the group that she gathered together that really helped her turn a corner. And so for more information, you can reach me and I can be reached in a variety of different ways. Uh, and we're grateful for the ways in which you'll reach out to us and you'll hear more information about this in the future. But last night, I got an email from John. He sent me this email and said, hey, there's a grief support group that's starting. And so our friends Holly and our friends Lisa are going to be helping lead that. That might be a good announcement for tomorrow. And I thought to myself, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good timing, Pastor. 
And so if this is something that you need, we would love to be able to walk alongside you in the coming days. And so as we move towards Eucharist, like Paul, the writer of Ephesians says, I want to say thank you for the ways in which you embody the love of God for one another. And I want to invite all of us along that same path. And this is my version of the prayer of Ephesians 1 before we move to the table. And if you are helping us this morning, now is the time to, if you would like to come and begin to prepare the elements. Let's pray together. My prayer is that together, the Spirit may catch us, each of us and all of us, and that the eyes of our hearts might be enlightened. And as God reveals God's self to us, we would walk towards Christ's likeness together, living lives of wisdom in this complex world. We cannot do it alone. A great cloud of witnesses has gone before us, and God has given us one another to walk alongside of us. And the ones who calls us is faithful, he will do it. Amen. I think that prayer and these moments are wrapped up in the words that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ has come again. And so we come to the table, a table that stretches back to the table when Jesus was surrounded by his unfaithful friends that we call saints and stretches down through time until now. Again, this isn't a table that's just for us. This table has existed from the time of Christ. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would bless these elements and that you would transform them into a very means of grace for our opportunity to place ourselves in front of the Spirit and have, God, you touch us and give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so, church, in these moments, you're going to have the opportunity to come to the table and that we at the Church of the Nazarene, the Wesleyan Church, participate in an open table. If you know that you need God, the table is open for you today. We're going to have four stations up here in the front and then we're going to have one station in the back. For those of you seated in these pews, in a moment there's gonna be someone, an usher, that's going to be able to let you know when it'll be your turn to come forward. If this is not the time right now that you would like to participate in, in taking of communion by intention, they will have an individual serving of communion that they can pass to you if you do not have one already. For those of you who are guests, intention is a way that we would like you to come to the table with open hands. That's a posture that we want you to have in life and in church and in faith. Receive this as a gift. This is not something that you can buy. This is a gift that is stretched out to you. A servant will place a piece of matzah cracker connecting us to the Old Testament story of Passover, God's great victory. And they'll place that and they'll say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And if you'll, you'll take that after it's placed upon, on your palms and you'll dip that in the juice. And when you receive that, they'll say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. And then, go ahead and take that right there. We have larger crackers so you don't get your fingers into the juice. So if you can't eat it at one time, it's fine. You can snack on it on the way back to your pew. Our, our hope is that in these moments, you never know. This may be the moment when the Spirit of God touches you and continues or begins for the first time to transform our lives into what it looks like to be a saint, a follower of Jesus. And so, would you pray with me? And then we'll have an opportunity for you to come to the table. There's also this bowl of water here. If you'd like to remember your baptism on this All Saints Day, you can come and dip your fingers in that water and remember the victory of Jesus that is seen 
as you associate yourself with the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. Let's pray together. And so, jo- so Jesus, we have come to the table this morning asking God in this act that you would renew us with your grace, that you would touch us with your compassion, that God, you would in these moments, by your spirit, lead us to follow after you, to walk in your ways together with one another towards Christ-likeness. And God, as we participate on this holy day of All Saints Sunday, as we partake, would you fill our minds and hearts of those who have our great cloud of witnesses who have partaken along with us through the years. And so it was on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, do this in remembrance of me. And on that same night, he took the cup and redefined it as a new covenant of his blood for the forgiveness of sins. And we participate this morning in remembrance of the risen Christ. And so church, row by row, as you are dismissed in this space, you can partake Eucharist. And if you're gonna take it individually as the Eucharist has been blessed, you can take it as soon as you're ready. Let's continue to come to the table.
Would you pray along with me as we have a moment of pastoral prayer and prayers of intercession? Jesus, we thank you for your presence among us, and I, like Paul, thank you for the way in which this church has embodied the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to one another and to the world. And so, God, I ask that you would equip us by your spirit to be touched and moved, to walk towards Christ's likeness alongside one another. God, we specifically pray for those who've experienced grief in the recent days. And we ask, God, that you would come alongside of us and them in your spirit. And God, we ask that in the days to come, that this church would walk alongside well those who need companionship for the journey of Christ-likeness. And so, God, we ask that you would do that by your spirit. Equip us well. And God, we ask that you would touch us and that, God, we would be ready for the moment in which your spirit speaks. And so, God, we ask that you would open up the eyes of our hearts to be people of wisdom and revelation, reflecting as the church your hope for the world. God, I ask that you would come alongside of a few needs in life of the church. It was good to see Mark Rieger up at church this week. Thank you, God, for Mark's continued recovery, that he is doing well. He's able to drive, and God, he looks like he's on the way towards health. So God, continue in the healing of our friend, Mark Rieger. God, we ask that you would continue to be with Drew in his heart, Drew Middendorf, pastor's son. We ask for your continued healing in the life of Sadie Quarter. And God, I ask that you would be with my friend, Matthew. God, I ask that you would come alongside of the Logan family, Jeff and Maria and their daughter, Olive, as they take a trip tomorrow to Salt Lake for yet another opportunity for the healing of Olive in her back. And God, we ask that she would know that you are with her and that you love her. And God, we ask that you would be with Jeff and Maria close by their side, that they would know that they're not alone. Church, whatever issue or need that you brought into this space, bring it before the Lord. There's no doubt that you brought something into your heart. It was yourself, it's a friend, it's a loved one. Whatever is the greatest need you brought into this sanctuary, would you pray for them now? I skipped a whole portion of the sermon about enemy love, and I don't know why I did that, because Tuesday's election day, and there seems to be enemies that abound. And so God, give us grace to even pray for our enemies. And God, would you transform us by your grace through the habits and practices of which you commit us to, one of them being the Lord's Prayer. And would you pray that together with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.